0: Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Business Mentality Podcast. And in today's episode, I'm your host, Daniel, and on the other side is Fabian, and we are chatting to Max Marlow. Hi, Max, how hey. are you doing? I'm all well, how are you guys? Yeah, not too bad. So, well, tell us about yourself. People are wondering, you know, what you do, who are you? What do
1: I do? Um, I ask myself that every day. Um, <laughs> I am a freelance film production person I work in visual effects full time and when I'm not working in film I'm making my own films I produce and write independently Um, the last of which was an animated short film called Thatching Eggs and that did very well on the internet Um, it got over two and a half million views on its TikTok announcement that had been made Um, and then following that a million views on YouTube so, uh, and that was pretty much overnight. Uh, so, that was a very exciting first animated short film. Uh, the rest are all live action shorts, and I think I'll stick with those. But in a nutshell, that's basically me and what I've been up to.
2: Just quickly, what, what was the name of that film again? I'll just write it down here. The animation. Yeah.
1: Thatching Eggs. It's like thatching a roof, but instead an egg.
2: Nice.
0: Very cool. Nice, man. So I'm guessing that took, like, what was the production process behind that? How long did that take, kind of?
1: Well, um, let me start by giving you a golden nugget of, uh, of uh, I don't know, uh, advice when it comes to producing anything. Mm. Uh, when you do go to work in making a production come to life, you kind of have this triad, you know, this, this fork of three prongs. Um, time, quality and price and I wanted to make something really good quality for a really cheap price because I was a student when I started it and you can only have two without the other third which meant that this would take a lot of time Mm.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: so the process was long is what I'm trying to get at How Um, long? Four years Wow I started the idea, so you can watch a whole behind the scenes of how I came up with this film on my YouTube channel. Um, It's actually an excerpt from that film that went viral on TikTok. Um, But it's all about like, how I loved Pixar growing up and how I visited Pixar when I was 20, and then how that visit inspired me to apply, how I never got in, and how I proved to them I could make my own Pixar movie instead. Um, Which I basically did. And um, I started at 20 and I just turned 25 and I've, it's on the internet now.
0: Wow. Mm. That's unreal. And it's not even that great. Like, There's
2: so many like uh, errors. and Yeah, it like... must be pretty, pretty good. Uh, we'll definitely look it up later on. But wow, four years of just like grinding and, and uh, mm. just making your vision come to life. Mm. That's like very impressive. There's not Thank many you. people out there that would stick with something for that long did did you ever feel like giving up at any point oh
1: mate, i gave up three times like as in that uh. that film is never going to come out it became a running joke amongst my mates when they're like hey when's Eggs coming out I was like, You because know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. basically i'll tell you exactly what happened i met someone on facebook that's that's the big um point of interest in my behind the scenes video is that the whole thing came about because I met someone on Facebook that I've never, still never met to this day. And um, we produced the film solely through the computer, Um, got a bunch of like-minded students, bear in mind we were students at the time, to all come together and make this for absolutely nothing. And after three months of working through the internet, we came um, together to make like 50 shots that comprised the entire four minute film probably more than 50. Anyway, once that was done, there's still a lot more work to do. You've got to texture the shots, you know, make the bricks look like bricks, the birds look like birds. Um, You have to light the shots, make it look like realistic daylight. You have to um, do a ton of post-production work, essentially. And by the time we finished all of the animation, the students had graduated. Like my entire support network was gone. I don't know anybody in animation besides these people. And I was like hit in the face with reality of like, oh, well, you've got to do something now, or it's just going to sit as like 50 shots in a basket. Um, and that's how it stayed for a good year. You know, it was just shots in the basket. I had no idea how to touch it or what to do with it. And, um, the person I was making the film with equally wanted the film to do well. We put a lot of time into it and they were struggling in their own lives. They had work applications to get on with, you know, this is a side thing. It's not, we're not earning money from this. Mm. It's just for the potential that one day a Pixar person could watch it and hire us, you know? Um, but even they mm-hmm. lost sight of the end goal. They lost the dream. They thought this is stupid. I'm making a stupid four minute bird film. I've got job applications today, Max, here's the basket, I can't be asked anymore. I was fully left alone without any contacts after that. And I don't touch upon this in my YouTube video because my YouTube video is very much a happy-go-lucky, here's how we made this. There's actually a lot of failures and potholes along the way. Um, What happened was I never found time to revisit that until coronavirus hit. And I I effectively was without a job. That's So um, what happened was... I was at home as was everyone else in the world. And it hit me that everybody else in the world is at home. So I go on LinkedIn and I look at uh, compositors. I look at um, animators. I look at um, anyone in post-production who has experience in animation. And I know for a fact that every single one of those people is available. You know, it's the first time ever where you don't even have to question it. And so I showed them here the shots that we've made Here's my vision. Here are my contacts at these companies that will watch it. What do you think? And, um, I've recruited the rest of the team that completed Datching X. So it was a film made in th- three times. It was made in my head here in London. It was made by the animation students in Georgia, USA, and it was completed by artists in England, America, and India. So, um, the fact that it all came together like that was nuts. And I can't talk about it without mentioning my editor, the only person I ever met in person called Sam, Sam Hodge. And he met with me for like, you know, meals and, and drinks and stuff before um, to talk about making the film. And he was the only person who stuck by me throughout the entire process of having these bin of, sh- this bin of shots to the finished product. And Sam, with, uh, you know, Sam and I together, pushed the film on out into festivals where it didn't do the best because it's still glitchy and it was never really refined by the students the first time around. Bear in mind I'm saying students, Mm. not Pixar animators. Mm. So this is a very glitchy film. Um, But Sam, amazing editor, did what he does best and cut it so that you can't really see the glitches. And uh, long story short, Film got around five awards at online film festivals. Wow. Sounds great. Bear in mind these are like, I don't know, some, you know, random city here, International Film Festival, mm. it's not a BAFTA. But when it hit the internet, that's when the real success kicked in. And that was when people loved it. And there's no, there's no feeling like when people love your shit, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. You put four years into something to go into a festival. It doesn't do too well. It's not a good movie. The internet loves it. Doesn't even matter what other people say. So it's just great.
0: Yeah, I mean, it must have been great. Like you know, putting all that effort, having people drop out, and you're pretty much the only one with the spark left. And you know, mm. lockdown hits. That kind of puts you in a different mood. But then you realise you can benefit from it finding Mm. contacts, finding people on LinkedIn, as you mentioned, or Facebook, and then building a team again, essentially. Mm. And then with that team producing, what I'm guessing is a banger short film. I'm definitely going to check it out after this podcast.
1: Please do. I think that the reason why the film did so well online, off the back of TikTok, mainly people went through my pages to find it, is because they admired the how we made it story, as opposed to the actual film itself. I say that, but the film was uploaded to CG Meetup shortly after it went viral. And that's the biggest animation channel on YouTube. The film is the highest performing on that channel since it was uploaded. So there are other videos with millions of views, but it's got 1.2 mil right now. And there are Oscar nominated short films that have less views than Datching X.
2: Shit, wow. So honestly, it's crazy. Match to me, what sounds like so inspiring about that story is that you were like abandoned like three times by so many people and you're the only person that decided to stick with it throughout the whole mm. process. And then, you know, leveraging the times that we were inside and everyone's complaining to actually use that to your advantage and uh, build a great team and, and take you all to the next level, really that's what anyone can be doing it's the internet i told you i the only person i ever met of the 32
1: man team that was behind batching eggs was my editor sam hadn't met any single person still haven't to this day
0: wow i mean if you ever need a video editor i am a video editor so you know if you're in desperate need for someone i can always help out
1: well this is the thing i'm saying like you can meet anybody through the internet i met you guys through clubhouse like yeah you know um
2: yeah it's pretty crazy i know i know have you got any questions fabian yeah so i you know i'm really interested because uh on clubhouse we were talking and you said that you're in berlin Hmm. but um uh, obviously you said that you also you grew up in the uk so i just wanted to know i was curious like where was it that you grew up and yeah so firstly where where, what part of the uk do you grow up in Uh, I'm from North London,
1: North West, I believe. don't know. Wherever (laughs) Stanmore is, around there. Um, And I recently moved to Berlin after getting a job here. Um, I'm here with part of a production crew on a project in development or pre-production. Whatever. It'll be out soon. So um, that's exciting and it's it's not as um, thrilling being in a new city as I thought it would be because everything's on lockdown, Mm. but it'd be cool. But yeah, it's not forever. It's just um, for the next year and a half.
2: Okay. Wow. So so like when, when you growing up, what, what were your interests? Were, were your interests, you know, kind of what your average um, teenagers were or were you into something like a bit different?
1: No, mate, like just, check out that Thatching Eggs video because the opening sequence of it is my first ever film when I was eight. I've, I've been making short films for the, oh, for well. the longest time. Yeah.
0: fair enough. Um, so you've been a very creative-minded person like since day boy, one, it,
1: Yeah, and even at school like, I rejected the ideas of going to universities that were academically, um, you know, uh, looked up to because i opted in favor of chasing the film dream not a lot of 16 17 18 year olds know what they want to do but i've always had it in me you know and -hmm. i think um you're going to come across a lot of people through these chats you're going to have um entrepreneurs people who um just know that gut feeling of knowing what they want you're going to meet a few people like that and Mm -hmm. it's it's a common trait between the people you see online like Elon Musk and mark zuck and all these, all these big uh, wealthy dudes who own companies, you'll notice that they all dropped out of something or they just went with their gut and they always knew from the beginning. Um, that's kind of what makes someone successful. I went off on a tangent there, but um, mm-hmm. the fact that I knew that I wanted to go into film, I think is what made it so likely this was going to happen. As mm-hmm. it doesn't happen to anybody and variety isn't something you can make up but it happens to the people who don't stop trying.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. We've we've covered that topic in different episodes from this podcast, like, you know, determination and not giving up. I mean, obviously, if you don't know what you really want, then go ahead, try a lot of different things and then stop doing something, try something new. But, you know, from what you're saying and similar to what I feel with filmmaking and video editing and photography, it's a passion I've had for a long time now. And I know for a fact, even if like things don't work out, I know I want to keep pushing towards it because it's definitely something I want to have as a full-time job or as a like freelance business idea. So yeah. that, that, I mean, that, that's my point.
1: Yeah. Never stop. Keep
2: making stuff. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Max, another question. It's moving away from the filmmaking space a little bit. Um, but so what's, so I know you've, you've lived in various different places. Uh, yeah. First, the first question is, Have you only lived in the UK and in Germany or have you lived in in other places as well? Um, I was lucky growing up that
1: um, my parents took us on holiday to places. So I have seen the world, which is nice, through the lens of a tourist. Um, Part of that included us living in Hong Kong for two years, which was cool, between five and seven. But otherwise, work hasn't taken me around the globe just yet. This is only the beginning for me in terms of traveling with work. But and yeah, sorry to boomerang back into the film scene. Um, film productions notoriously are best for like taking you around the world to see stuff.
2: You mm-hmm. know,
1: you go on like a James Bond film, they'll fly you out to a desert or something. You know, yeah. um, I think it was David Heyman, who's like a producer idol of mine. Um, who quoted in an interview to say, um, if you're going to travel the world, just travel with work because then you get the best of both worlds.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: That's what yeah. I intend to do.
2: Yeah, it feels like uh, in filmmaking, there are massive opportunities out there uh, to travel because you get like the. A- a lot of good shots are taken in like amazing places, like geographically speaking. Mm,
1: mm, yeah, grand locations. and so yeah. all that. But with technology and me being in visual effects, I know this firsthand. That's not always the case. Now people are doing stuff in warehouses and green screens. Mm,
0: uh, true. I mean, especially now, you know, COVID times, it's kind of pushing towards that. And I bet some Mm. companies, you may know better, Max, obviously, but I bet some companies are thinking about doing more in-house shooting, like doing more green screen or visual effects in that sense.
1: 100%. I mean, visual effects is a booming industry now because uh, production companies are reliant on ways to get around um, shots that will be tricky to shoot during COVID. You know, Mm. whether that be um, replicating crowds and uh, making them look bigger than they are, or sticking extras in the background where they're not actually there um yeah we're very creative these days
0: yeah so max i've got a question jumping into like the business side as this is like a business mentality podcast yeah for sure um <clears throat> are you have you ever thought about starting your own production company or any sort of you know yeah your-
1: i have a name for it i've i've thought about setting it up i mean currently it is just a portfolio name, but in terms of a company, you don't really need to make a company until you start making money. As in, you can always spend through your private accounts, but I don't personally see a need to make a production company until what I'm doing will bring me in money. That is something that I would do. Say if I was producing ads for companies or um, videos for for individuals, whether it's like weddings bar mitzvahs you know but as a short narrative film producer um my priority is just producing under my name Mm. submitting to film festivals and then growing a reputation in the film
0: scene yeah exactly i mean i guess if you wanted to to make extra money you could do some freelance work as you mentioned like for wedding work or for this and that i guess there is a chance you could do some freelance work over there
1: For sure. But I'm very comfortable with my current work position. So um, yeah, I don't think I would become, I am a freelancer technically, but I do contract work. So it's quite long jobs at a time. Yeah. No, I don't think I could hack the um, odd job life, (laughs) but I respect it. I think it's really cool.
0: Yeah. So with the job, I'm guessing you've got a contract with a job who's, um, well, a company was just moving into Berlin now, or how does that, are you allowed to say the name of the company or is that something you're not...
1: Best not, Fair enough. best not. But um, yeah, it's crazy with Brexit and stuff. Tons of paperwork, had to get, you know, um, had to get involved um, mm. and uh, had, yeah, had to do a um, ton of background stuff. So it's not advisable to try and get a job abroad right now, especially mm. in the EU, but I'm very lucky that
2: I'm in the position I am.
0: So wait, do you hold, sorry, Fabes, go ahead.
2: Yeah, so the, so your your current job, Max, it's like visual effects artists, but could you just talk us quickly through like uh, like a day-to-day what, what it actually involves? So someone that isn't really educated about a subject could understand.
1: Fair. I mean, my job title is visual effects coordinator. Uh, What that means is I work under a VFX producer within a VFX production office, that middleman's artists to the director. So when a film, let's use James Bond, for example, is being made, there will be, I don't know, a shot list of 2,500 shots in the movie. Now, a shot is every time the camera changes, right? So James Bond's talking, cut to the next shot. We're talking 2,500 shots lined up as oh, the movie. Man. Now, what if like 1,100 of those involve visual effects? You know? Yeah. Visual effects take those 1,100 shots. They label them all, give them code names, and then they put it into a spreadsheet with how much each shot will cost to get done. You know, how much is an explosion? How much is a face replacement of a stunt double? How much is a CG takeover if James Bond jumps off a building and you have to make a CG body fall off it. Um, we give that spreadsheet to the artists and they tell us this is how much we'll charge. And then what we do for the remainder of production is we track their progress on the shots. We get current versions to the director, get feedback back to the artist to change it to what he likes. And then ultimately we see the production of visual effects through from script to screen.
2: Cool. Wow. So, so your, your role is more it's not actually getting down like on the computer and like creating these effects necessarily. It's more about no. just coordinating the whole thing. Right.
1: Yeah.
2: And, yeah. and is that like, obviously when you've got more responsibility, you get a high reward, but is, are you as interested in the role that you're in now or, or would you prefer that bit? A
1: hundred percent. I mean, the great thing about this role is that you get, to effectively produce the most interesting parts of a TV show or a film, you know? The VFX is the best bit. Who wants to watch two hours of just people talking? You wanna see the sword fights and the explosions and the car chases. I mean, I love the Avengers, it's all VFX. Um, and the awesome thing about this job, and I absolutely love it. The um, yeah, awesome thing about it is that it teaches you the core fundamental skills that you need to be a producer ultimately, which is what I do on the side. So everything I do on the day job affects my performance in the side hustle.
0: Mm. So Max, I've got one last question. Yeah. Just to not keep you too long. Um, what is, what, how much did it cost for you to make your film mm-hmm. and when you started, uh, you know, close to five thatch and years eggs. ago? Yeah. That's an eggs. Yeah.
1: Uh, The film cost zero pounds up until the point where I had to step in and finish it myself. Um, Because it was work that no human on planet Earth could possibly accomplish. Um, I had to go to the animation gods. I had to actually hire people who did this for a living. I think one of my compositors worked on Iron Man 3, um, which is pretty cool you know um but he was available because of coronavirus Mm. so that was a little bit pricey when i say a little bit pricey i mean compared to zero pounds but overall like the entire team just put their weight in because they believed in it and um there is no final budget but it isn't anything what you would expect to pay on an animated short film I don't think I'll ever be able to achieve that again because I'm no longer a student. I can no longer leverage being a student. Hmm. So to all young people out there listening who are motivated and want to make their dreams come true, do it now because when you're older, you can't get away with being cute, naive, um, not knowing what you're doing. Play those cards as hard as you can.
0: Fair enough. Good Good advice, Max. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm.
1: i can't tell you the amount of times i've walked into like ceo's offices whilst interning asking for a coffee and then everyone else in the room looking at me looking crazy like you can't do that well i just did you know whereas if i a 25 year old man waltzed into the ceo's office saying let's have a coffee he'll say you're a weirdo and you're fired so um yeah to anyone interning or trying to get up from the bottom up you are in the best position to really stick your nose in there and get the biggest people to meet with you.
2: You've got nothing to lose, really.
1: Genuinely, like, that's literally it, mate. When you're at the bottom, you have nothing to lose. Mm. Whereas, like, a couple jobs in, you're like, okay, I'm going to stay safe, keep it secure. So really the exactly. most of that um, beginner's luck, yeah. And, um, yeah, i interested to see who others you talk to, you know?
2: Oh, yeah, um, yeah. What other
1: conversations you have. I mean... I know that there are guys on the pub House. Brandon would be really interesting to chat to. He's got a really great TikTok and YouTube presence. Mm. Um, Definitely chat with him.
0: Well, thank you very much, Max. It was lovely chatting with you and getting to know you more and know what you do. Mm -hmm. Take care and we'll chat another time soon.
1: Thanks, guys. Catch you later.